Again, I'd also like to wish you a, uh, a happy new year. We had a wonderful time over Christmas, just lots of family time and uh, lots of laughing and playing games. We had a new, a new game we got, which we've tried already, I think a dozen times or something, but it's still a lot of fun. It's uh, just great to spend time together as a family. And, but I missed you all last week. I wish we could have been together, but I'm glad that we're, uh, we're here today. We're going to be uh, doing kind of a, a shortened service today just for the sake of the kids and uh, kind of ease back into the, the new year. Uh, but I'd like to begin by uh, summarizing what we were talking about before Christmas, which maybe seems like a, a long time ago. But we were looking at this idea of what the difference is between guilt and shame. And we were trying to understand that maybe what is popular in society and maybe sometimes even in the church of what the teaching is about guilt and shame isn't always biblically uh, as accurate as it could be. And so we talked about how uh, what's popular to think is that guilt and shame are basically synonymous terms in that uh, guilt is often described as a feeling and then shame as an identity. And the way that you overcome both guilt and shame is you understand more deeply that you're loved and accepted just the way you are. And uh, I think that what the Bible teaches is something perhaps a little bit more profound. When we look at what guilt is, guilt is not just a feeling, it's a fact. And the way that you overcome the feeling of guilt is not by feeling better about yourself, but is receiving the fact of the forgiveness of sins through Jesus Christ. That if you feel guilty, it's not just a psychological head game that you can play to feel better about yourself. You actually need to have your sins forgiven. And then the fact of guilt has been removed. And when that fact is removed, then the enemy no longer has a hold on our life in the area of guilt. And receiving this love produces a true security. Through Jesus Christ, we're able to be truly, unconditionally loved and accepted secure in him because our guilt, the fact of our guilt, has been removed through what Christ has done on the cross. Now, shame is something a little bit different. Shame is about what we feel when our failure is exposed. Uh, guilt, we talk about security and significance. Uh, guilt is more on the security side of things, feeling loved and accepted. Shame is on the significant side of things, where we have not lived up to the expectations that God has for us, and our failure is exposed for all to see. The way that shame is reversed is actually not through receiving more love. It is reversed by the Spirit clothing us with righteousness, making us new creations, having a new identity, being empowered by the Spirit of God, able to live in a new way, so if we experience shame, it's not, it's not remedied by simply feeling good about ourselves or even receiving Christ's forgiveness. It's receiving the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to live in a better way. Shame then is overcome, not with forgiveness, but with being properly, and what the way that we're describing it today, is being properly clothed. 
And so what we want to do today, that's our introduction of the last four weeks. What we want to do today is looking at this idea of being clothed and exactly what that means. Now, um, for 2017, I thought it might be fun to look at what the fashion trends, the clothing trends, are for 2017. And so, uh, Vic, if you could put up that slide. This is, the, uh, this is what the fashion trends are for 2017. All right. So what's in? You're all going to want to take notes on this. Uh, what's in is stripes. All right. Stripes are in. Sneakers are in. But not your regular sneakers. We're going to get to that in a moment. Uh, artistic. Uh, patterns. That's the, uh, that's the one with the ugly pants in the middle. <laughs> that's, uh, that's artistic patterns. So it's stripes. That's the lady on the left. And then those are kind of joggers, I think. So it's, it's athletically inspired. And then it's, um, it's artistic impressions. That's the, the ugly pants. And then the, that's the sneakers. See, those aren't regular sneakers. We're going to get to that, I said, in a minute. And then this other thing, which I just learned about studying this extensively, and uh, those are called mules. Did anybody of you know that? Those shoes are called mules. I did not know that. So if you're trendy, you have to wear a mule. Uh, what's out is corsets, uh, skinny jeans, um, Something about tulips. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> she knows what that is. Tulip somethings are out. Uh, high heels are out. Like really, really high heels. And classic sneakers. You know those white ones that my daughters wear? Uh, those are uh, the <laughs> just three under the bus. Yeah, the ones. There we go. Those ones. Those are out of style. So uh, that is not 2017. They were good yesterday, but today you can't wear them anymore. So, uh, so that's what's trending in the, uh, at least what one person says, in the area of fashion. Now, what's the, uh, what's the problem with thinking about clothing in this way? That uh, what our clothing can often be, if you look back at Adam and Eve, it can often be like wearing a fig leaf which is trying to have an outward image to hide what we feel inside. And so we hope that if we dress in a certain way or act in a certain way, present ourselves, if we can have a proper exterior, then we don't actually have to be true and godly and righteous on the inside. And so we sew together nicer and nicer looking fig leaves in the hope that this will somehow compensate for living a shameful life. A life that doesn't bring honor to God. A life that doesn't reveal his goodness and his greatness. And we hope that if we can just present well, get a better education, become a little bit smarter, use a little bit bigger words, that we can compensate for something inside. But unfortunately, our shame remains. And so, what should we wear? I don't know that we need to worry about these trends so much, but what should we wear? Well, clothing depends on what you want to do. Um, if, uh, if I want to preach, I'm going to dress like this. We played, uh, we played hockey yesterday. This is not appropriate. You wouldn't wear this playing hockey. So 
we decide what our clothes should look like depending on what we want to do. So I have three examples of this. Vic, you can press the button. That is the most awkward looking construction worker, <laughs> but it's the, uh, it's the best <laughs> graphic I could find. Uh, Randy, your picture is way, way better on all those bus stops. Um, but if you want to be in construction, don't have that face, but you should, uh, you should kind of be dressed like that, right? You don't dress like this for construction work. You, you need to dress for something that's appropriate. If you're in the medical field, you should probably look like something in that middle picture. That's an appropriate way to dress. If you're in a war, you should look something like on the picture on the right. Uh, you, we decide uh, what to wear depending on the job that we've been given to do. And so the question that I want to ask us then is what job has God given you and I to do? And there's a, there's a larger thing about loving God and, uh, and making disciples. That's the banner of our church, that we love God, one another, and the world. And so that's the, the grand banner. And somehow, follow me now, we need to dress appropriately to fulfill the great commandment and the great commission. There's a way that if you dress inappropriately, you won't be able to love God, one another, or the world. What does that dress look like? More specifically, I've asked uh, Sujit and Janice if they could come, and they're going to give a, a bit of a summary. Uh, what has God called us to do in 2017? Come on up, please. What has God called us to do in 2017? Prophetically, as a church community, what has he given us to do? If we know what we're to do, then we can kind of back up and dress appropriately. So, Janice, you're going to go first? You got to wear white if you're going to be prophetic. Yeah, thanks, Greg. Um, I just want to pray for us just really quickly to receive this word here. Um, thank you, Father, for this past year, for all you've done and for how you've provided for us. Um, we ask that any disappointment and discouragements that linger from this past year be washed away now. Holy Spirit, would you release and impart a great gift of faith over us all now? so we can receive the prophetic word you have for us this year. Um, so mine is a message of encouragement that the Lord is um, taking down barriers in our lives. <clears throat> um, as I was praying this week, I had a vision, and I saw myself with many others in the movie theater um, staring at a bright white movie screen. There was no movie playing, just a glowing white screen. I thought if I got near to the screen, I may be able to see a movie. So I got out of my seat and walked right up to the screen. As I neared the screen, I supernaturally passed right through it. I found myself to be in the middle of an action movie. I had broken through a natural barrier into a supernatural realm. Whereas before I couldn't even see the movie on the screen, when I passed through, I became part of the movie as it was going on all, all around me. I could not only see it, but I was participating in it. So I sense the Holy Spirit is saying to us, and I'm inviting you to come close to me, and you will discover what I am doing. I will remove the barriers, and you will be able to enter into my advancing of the kingdom in supernatural ways. 
All I need is your obedience and your desire to be near me, and then watch where I will take you and what I will show you. I also hear my spirit, the Lord is saying, again, he is breaking down barriers this year, particularly the barrier of being an observer of kingdom business into becoming a doer of kingdom business. He is blessed by our attendance, our commitment, by our fellowship and worship as we gather, but he wants us to just be and stay in his presence. Then he will change our perspective and we will see clearly what is going on around us. Um, the verse that just sprung to my mind was Jeremiah 29, verse 13. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Um, and then I had something for you, Pastor Greg. <laughs> okay. um, what I heard God saying, um, Greg, was that doors that were closed last year, I will open this year. Um, last year's impossible things will be possible this year. And I'm going to drop ideas, plans, directions, and solutions into your spirit. And you will know it's from me, says the Lord. And um, I just, I also got the verse from Joshua 1, 9, verse, the second part, verse B, which says, I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have a, uh, it's funny. I have on, it's such an embarrassing thing to even admit to you. On my bicycle, I have a scripture verse, and it's Joshua 1.9. Yeah. I don't have a bicycle, but I have a verse, okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I got a very interesting picture. In, in the picture that God gave me, I saw an egg, and suddenly it's hatched, and a small chick, a chicken came out and started to running everywhere. And I was like, God, is this from you? I need something better. <laughs> and, and this is what God began to speak to me. This is what the Holy Spirit told me. He said, the shell was a source of protection necessary for the development. The shell protects the chick until it is ready to survive in the world outside. In order to start a new life, the chick has to break, break out or break free from its shell and experience the freedom without being confined in its shell. So this is what God would say to every nation in Vancouver. My protection was always there in the past when you needed it the most. During your time inside the shell, but now I want you to break free. I want you to drop the shells in your life that are confining you. And then I began to ask God, God, what are these shells? And God showed me some of the shells that we have around us. The first one is a comfort zone. We are happy where we are, but God says break free from that. It is certain mindsets. One of the shells is relying on your own strength. We try to do things in our own strength. The other shell God showed me was pride. And the last shell was fear. Actually, it's fears. God says it's multiple. So I began to ask God, God, what are these fears? And God says fear of failure, fear of past mistakes and decisions. And God would say to us as a church, move on because it has been forgiven. I do not keep the record of your wrongs. Okay? So God would say, you are now ready to face the world and experience the freedom which comes from me. Remember, I washed over you and prepared you for the time such as this. This is the time to leave your comfort zone and use the gifting that I have placed within you. 
I am removing some of the ceilings or limitations that you have put on yourself. You ought to go out there and experience new things which were not possible inside your shell. You ought to experience life to the fullest. I am moving you just like the chick when it is inside the shell, he is in the feed me, protect me mode. And God says he is moving the church from the feed me, protect me cycle to a growth, fruitful and reproduction cycle. So you are to be fruitful and you will produce fruit that will last. I have put in you everything that you need to face what is up ahead of you. This is for the church and God gave me something for Greg and Debbie. So, hey, are you ready? Okay. God says, like the mother hen, before the chick is hatched, the egg is hatched, the mother hen, the act of sitting on the eggs to incubate them is called brooding. The mother hen has the tendency to sit on the eggs and prove the protection, provide the protection and the warmth necessary to help hatch the eggs. But when the right time comes, the hen has to leave the eggs and let the chick come out of its shell by itself. The mother cannot help the chick. The chick has to do it. And God would say to both of you, you have been good and faithful servants and you have been faithful to do what I asked of you. Both of you have been faithful to provide the warmth and protection the church needed. But now is the time to move aside and watch the church, the young chick, come out of its shell. You will still model to the church. You will be side by side with them. But some will run ahead of you. And it's all right. Don't worry. You have done your part. It's the time to trust me that I will take care of your fruit. I will continue to bring into completion what I've started through you. The church will no longer remain small. I really felt God speak this. God says the church will no longer remain small because it's a season of growth and multiplication. When, when the, the hen sits over the few eggs, everything is in control. But when the chicks are hatched, they are all over the place. Okay? I said, God, what is this? And this is what God showed me. He says, the fruit coming out of your obedience and your work will be all over the place. It is going to impact nations and touch lives and generations to come. Look beyond what you have accomplished and what you have experienced in the past. Don't let your past experiences, good, not so good, confine you. Get ready because I am enlarging your influence through the spiritual offspring. I just want to pray quickly. Is it okay? God, we just want to thank you so much. That God, as a church, God, just, just like that egg I saw in my vision, it just looked an ordinary egg and from the outside we couldn't see what was coming out. But you were preparing life. You were preparing something which would go out there. And Lord, I just thank you for, as a church, God, we receive that word. God, you have prepared each and every one of us so that we can go out, we can break, and we can drop every shell, we can drop every limitation that sometimes we put on ourselves, and we can go out there and be a light and a salt. And we thank you so much for Pastor Greg and Debbie. Thank you for their lives. Thank you for their sacrifice. Thank you for their obedience. And God, I just thank you that just like you reminded us in the Word, God, their obedience, Lord, is going to impact nations, God. Lord, they are no longer going to say that we are a small church, but God, we thank you that you are building your church. Lord, we receive this word with faith. Bless us, God, to do what you have called us to do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Isn't that helpful? 
Thank you both very much. I hadn't heard any of those things before. So how are you and I going to clothe ourselves to receive this? How, what, do we, what do you wear? Some of you when, you, when you came to the Christmas banquet, you asked yourself, what should we wear? Is it dressy casual or what's the, you know? What do we wear in a time of expansion, in a time of breaking barriers? What's appropriate? In, uh, in Galatians 3.27, it says, all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. It's appropriate to wear Christ. Luke 24.49 says, stay in the city, and I think it's that incubation time that Sujit was talking about. Stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. We need to be clothed with power. Ephesians 4, 22 to 24 says, Put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. It's a kind of clothing. And put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So what do you plan, as you look forward to 2017, what do you plan on wearing? What's going to be your wardrobe? Uh, is it going to be the, the pride and the fear? Are you going to wear fear? Will you enter into 2017 full of fear and anxiety, full of shame and guilt? I'm going to walk into this new year wearing those things. Wearing barriers. Just brooding, but not having the courage to break out. Is that what we'll wear for 2017? Or will we be clothed in righteousness? Clothed with Christ. Walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. Is that what we'll be wearing for 2017? The fashion statements, Toby is, my son Toby, is amazing at, well, not that fashion that you saw there, but his crowd fashion. And he's always one step ahead. It's been amazing. He's, I think he has a gift at it. And uh, prophetically, what are you going to move forward in this year? What are you going to clothe yourself with? Are you going to look for fig leaves that just try to look good on the outside? But inside, you're full of guilt and shame, full of depression, mistrust, anxiety, skepticism. Is that what you'll wear for this coming year? Or will you take those off and say, forget it. 2017 is a year of faith and trusting in Jesus Christ. And I'm going to be clothed in righteousness and holiness. I want to look more like Jesus this year. I'm going to be trusting in who he says that I am. That's what's trending in the kingdom this year. Can you say amen to that? <clears throat> so will you wear what is shameful? Or will you wear what is fitting for a righteous man and woman of God, uniquely called by him for a unique destiny at this time? Uh, are you going to lead us in one final song? Could we please stand up together? And I would like to pray. Um, when I was looking at this issue of, of clothing, and I, uh, a good friend of mine has been sending me tons of Bible verses on this. It's been really, really helpful. And uh, clothing is often viewed as 
kind of a way to, to cover because we're embarrassed. But after the fall, the first thing that God did was clothe Adam and Eve with animal skins. And those animal skins, as the, the, the deep where I'm studying that passage, those animal skins was not to cover their guilt. It was to cover their shame. And here's what it means. Is uh, in, in that time, clothing was a sign of who you were. And so if you were a king, you dressed in a certain way. If you were a priest, you dressed in a certain way. And it was a sign of who God had appointed you to be. And in Genesis 1, God appointed humanity to be his servants and his ambassadors to this world. And when they fell and disobeyed God, they were ashamed and they saw their nakedness. And what he did is he robed them again with their original calling and destiny. Their shame was taken away because he put back on them, on them their God-given calling. This year, you can look at all that's wrong with you and all that's wrong with your neighbor, all that's wrong with this church, and you can focus on that. And you can see through people's clothing and, and be very sophisticated in seeing all that's wrong in you and others. Or you can let yourself be robed with a, with a dignity and a calling that is about not focusing on all that's wrong, but focusing on your destiny and who God has made you to be through Jesus Christ and the power of his spirit. This is not a year to be focusing on all that's wrong with us. That will amuse you for decades. This is a year to be robed in righteousness and to let that be the focus as you look at yourself and as you look at those around you, including those who are not yet saved. But prophetically, to see who God has called them to be and to call that out in them. Father, I ask that 2017 would be a year in which we would see what is true through your eyes. That we would see our dignity. That we would see our anointing. That we would see that we are fearless. That we are, as Joshua 1.9 says, that we are strong and courageous. Not fearful and discouraged, but strong and courageous. And that we would let ourselves be robed as you have designed us to be covered. Not simply to cover over our guilt, that's been forgiven. But to be robed with dignity and strength and authority and love and compassion. Father, let us receive, as you say in Revelation, to receive our white robes, our cleansing and our honor. That this would be a year that we would not focus on all that's wrong, but we would receive all that is true through the work of your Son and by your Spirit. There is uh, there's communion as a sign of you receiving what is true about you, not by your own effort, but by the gift of God. Let yourself receive that today. People will be happy to pray for you on the sides. Let's enjoy receiving who God has called us to be.